Should we be praying persistently for justice? Welcome back to My Seminary Life. I'm your host, Brandon Knight. And in today's sermon, we're going to be looking at Luke 18, the parable of the persistent widow, and talking about how we can be praying persistently for justice. So why don't you hang around and join us now in today's message. So like I said a moment ago, uh, Happy New Year. That was not that long ago, a whole week ago. I don't know what you did on New Year's Day, uh, but my wife and I, we were driving back from Michigan. We had a big her side of the family get-together, kind of a Christmas, New Year, the Ohio State football party thing. You can imagine how that part of the party went if you keep up with college football. Um, not my team, theirs. Anyway, so we were driving back last week from all of that. I don't know what, how you spent it. Maybe you were here last Sunday. Uh, we spent part of it at Cracker Barrels, which is always a great way to start off the new year with some, a good meal. But obviously, with the start of a new year, a whole, you know, we're just one week into it with a whole rest of the year still ahead of us. This is the time where everyone says, oh, right, I made some New Year's resolutions and I already forgot I did that. It's a popular trend. I don't know if it's necessarily the most biblical thing to do, but it's popular to start off a new year thinking, how can I do this year different? How can I improve myself? How can I have better relationships? How can I finally get fit? How can I... Invest in my walk with God differently in the new year. And we set all these goals that we totally forget about by Wednesday. But hey, there's still so much time left in the new year that if you already forgot about all of them, let's just start and make a few new ones. And that's what we're going to do today, looking in God's word. My encouragement for us this morning is simply this, that we will be challenged to pray, and to pray consistently. If you're going to sit back and do anything here in 2023, my encouragement for you would be to set yourself the goal to pray and pray consistently. And for evidence of that, if you have your copy of God's Word there or access to Google's, turn over to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 Luke is one of the most thorough Gospels that we have. It makes sense. He was a doctor. They're pretty thorough in their investigation of things. And we're going to be in a section where Luke has a series of parables by Jesus. Parables were these stories. They're sometimes compared to Aesop fables. You remember those of like the tortoise and the hare and these like short stories that have a moral at the end of it. That's kind of what a parable is, but more than just a good moral at the end of it, like a Disney movie, when Jesus teaches a parable, there is a deeper spiritual meaning going on here. So hopefully by this point you are there in Luke chapter 18. We're going to be reading verses 1 to 8. And we're going to just take this parable slowly. So starting there in verse 1. And he told them a parable to the effect 
that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So let's just pause right there. Sometimes with these parables, Jesus just teaches it. And it's left up to the hearers and the readers to arrive at the conclusion of what is this parable about. There's even sometimes in the gospel, in the different gospels, it is recorded that Jesus will teach a parable and then his disciples will pull him aside later and say, um, what was that? What? I, I misunderstood the assignment. What was the point of that story? In this situation, though, Luke is doing all of us a favor. As the readers, Luke is doing us a favor. He's got this little editorial note. This story that Jesus is about ready to teach is to teach us to pray and not lose heart. Thank you, Luke, for making my job a little bit easier. Because sometimes when you prepare a sermon... When I've prepared sermons in the past, I have to spend a lot of time reading and praying and studying to arrive at a conclusion. Luke did all the legwork for me. Thank you, Luke. So going on now there in verse 2, this is now the parable that Jesus is teaching. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because of this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not continue to beat me down by her continual coming. So let's pause there. All right, so let's put this story into more modern terms so we can follow along with it. There is a town, and the town has a judge. And we don't know a lot about the judge other than these two things. He does not respect man or fear God. That means... He's a terrible person and really bad at his job. I mean, a judge is supposed to be impartial, obviously. He's supposed to, you know, he or she is supposed to carry out justice. But you kind of want a judge who maybe, I don't know, cares about people. This idea that the judge doesn't care about people, that he has no fear of people, means basically, if you grease the wheels right... A little bribery might get you the type of decision that you're really hoping for. But also this comment here that he doesn't fear God should be a major red flag. And it was a major red flag for the original Jewish audience. Because not only were they following God, they believed in Yahweh, but the law was given by God. So if you do not fear God, you don't care about the law. And the last thing that you want is a judge that doesn't care about the law. This guy is a terrible person. So the judge is doing his job terribly, and a widow shows up. Now, it was customary at that time that women did not represent themselves in the court. The fact that a widowed woman is representing herself in the court 
indicates that there is no one to take care of her. That indicates that she doesn't have a husband. Possibly the hus- if she's a widow, that means the husband would have passed away. And if she's representing herself, that means there's not even an eldest male son to come represent her. She is there representing herself. And she has been wronged. And she comes to the judge so she can get the one thing that judges are supposed to do. Deliver justice. And she says, give me justice from, from my adversary." And the judge says, no, go away. But the widow, she is one tough woman. Because she keeps coming back. Give me justice, go away. Give me justice, go away. Give me justice, go away. Over and over and over again. Until finally, what does the judge say here? Though I do not... No, though I neither fear God or respect man, yet because this w- widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so she will not beat me down with her continual coming. So finally, after continued give me justice, give me justice, day after day after day, finally the judge does it. But nothing has changed. This isn't some like movie where finally the judge has this big change of heart and realizes, I should care about people. I'm a judge. I should care about the law. He says very clearly, I don't care about people. I don't care about God. But because she keeps bothering me, that is the entire motivation I do not like to deal in stereotypes, but this is a situation where this woman is, ex- is an expert at nagging. She is just going to keep coming and keep coming. And finally, the judge breaks, fine, have your justice. I give you justice against your adversary. I don't care about God. I don't care about you, but you just keep bothering me. I don't want you to keep bothering me. This phrase here, this continual coming, this word in the Greek is actually the same word they would use to describe giving somebody a black eye. Like if you ever watched like boxing or you've been punched in the face on the playground and you got a black eye. This is the idea. This like continual coming by this woman was like this judge getting a metaphorical black eye over and over again. He was just so tired of hearing her voice. So now let's pick back up in this text. And the Lord said, this is verse 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, He will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So the story ends. The judge has not changed. He's still a terrible person. But because he was just tired of hearing this woman's voice, he gives her justice. And then Jesus comes in for a little bit of commentary. He says, And hear what the unrighteous judge says, 
And will not God give justice to his elect? Does that mean that Jesus is comparing God to the judge? This is a literary device that Luke uses frequently in his gospel. It's a teaching technique that Jesus uses uses a lot in his parable parables where he will do a lesser to greater comparison. Jesus is saying, if this terrible judge can finally deal out some justice, how much greater will God give justice to his elect who pray for it? So Jesus is not comparing this terrible person to God Almighty, to our Heavenly Father. We know that elsewhere in Scripture, we are taught that we have the boldness in Jesus Christ to come before God in prayer. God gladly listens to us when we pray. God is greater than this judge. What's important for us, then, as believers, is that we think about God as we pray greater than this judge. Because there are some people that when they pray, they don't see God as a benevolent father who wants to be with his children. Instead, we think of the judge. We think of this person who is manipulative. We think of this person who wants us to do something in order to get what we want. That if you want your prayers granted, you better start tithing more. You better tell that preacher guy he had a really great sermon this morning. At least somebody laughed. That's how we often think about God in prayer, when in actuality, how we should be thinking about him as greater than that judge, as a benevolent father. It goes on, Jesus goes on here. Will he not delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. As you pray, God will answer. However, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So remember, again, back at the beginning, the point here is to pray and not lose heart. If the woman in the parable gave up, there was no one else to represent her, so she never would have gotten her justice. And Jesus here, in his commentary part, keeps bringing back this idea of praying day and night, praying continually. So this end portion here of when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? What that means is that When Jesus comes back, when Jesus comes to set up the physical earthly kingdom, will he find faith? Will his people, those of us here and now or whenever that does occur, will we be faithfully praying still day and night? So if you are looking for something for this new year to devote time and effort to, My encouragement to you is what Luke said right off the bat and what Jesus is trying to communicate here. Pray continually. 
There are things in our life that some of you have probably been praying for years. Loved ones that they may be saved, ailments that they may go away. Don't lose heart. If God has not answered that prayer, it's not because he's a terrible judge. There is a complicated, grand plan that if we understood, then God is not great enough. When we can start to understand everything about God, then our God is too small. Though it is complicated, we come to prayer in faith continuously over and over again. Not to a judge who is angry with us, but to a God who loves us. I do also want to extend a second challenge. It is good to pray and to pray continuously for loved ones, for ailments, for whatever it may be. But did you notice the pattern of what is continuously coming up? The woman is coming for justice. She has been wronged. She wants justice for her adversary, against her adversary. Jesus says that he will give, God will give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night. In other words, as we are praying continuously for our own needs, this parable is also teaching to be praying for justice. To be praying for justice against the wicked. To be praying for justice for when we are wronged. Now, it is important to understand that praying for justice against the wicked does not mean that you pray that that woman in line at Aldi who hit you with her cart, that doesn't mean you get to pray that hot coals fall down on her. That's not, that's a mild inconvenience. Praying for justice for ourselves or for our brothers and sisters in Christ looks like praying against racism as our brothers and sisters in Christ face that daily. It looks like praying for peace for the war in Ukraine. It looks like turning on the news and watching it for, I don't know, two minutes probably, before you find something of someone who was murdered, who was wronged, and praying for justice for that family. Praying for justice, it's oddly enough not a very popular thing to talk about. Even though we have a whole parable about it. There are some things in the Christian life that are just so normal to pray about. It is very normal to pray for people who are sick. We just did that earlier for Pastor Bill and for my son and for Sal. It's very normal to pray for safe travels. Someone's going on a vacation somewhere. You pray that, you know, Southwest doesn't lose their baggage and timely joke. And I've, I've worked with teenagers for several years, so I know that it's also very normal to, pay, to pray for pets. I don't know if that's how the teens and kids work here, but at my old church, you get a lot of prayer requests for pets. But there are some things that even though there is a biblical instruction to pray and to pray continuously for, 
like justice, you never hear about it. Or people get a funny look on their face and think, say, why, why would we do that? Should we be doing more than just praying? I would say yes. Micah 6.8 is a good indication of that. But staying specifically with where we're at in our text this morning. Pray and pray continuously. You have a God who loves you and wants to hear you speak. Pray and pray continuously for injustices that justice may be delivered, either in this time period or in the time to come when God makes all things new again. And as I'm running on only a couple hours of sleep, I think we have done the text some justice. Let's pray. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. As always, I would appreciate it if you rated and reviewed the show on whatever platform you are listening to the show on and consider sending the episode along to a friend that you think could get something out of it. Please uh, head down to the description in the episode to find links to the My Seminary Life website where you can find the archived episodes or to the shop where you can pick up some sweet msl merch if you ever have any questions you can always reach the show at email seminarylife at gmail.com just behind this episode was the finale to the roots of sabbath series that just came out this past tuesday and next saturday is the start to the final class local church ministry i'm excited to be bringing seminary to an end and i'm just going to give you the heads up now this will not be the last time we talk about justice here on the show a lot of heavy conversations coming up along the way here throughout february and march but until next time as always remember theology is for everyone so keep on studying